Adonis Arms came into Texas Tech as the underdog, and he sure did make his presence felt in his one year as a Red Raider. We're going to look back at his short career at Texas Tech coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. Our Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Be sure that you have subscribed to our channel. We've got lots of good content rolling out there in the coming weeks, and you're not going to want to miss it. I'm Ryan Mainville. He's Emery Lida. Today, we are talking about a really impressive singular season by Adonis Arms. I think there was a lot of noise about kind of the player he would be coming into this year. Obviously had quite a traveled college career, but makes his one year in Lubbock count. All of that is coming up on today's episode, which is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Emory in the off season, um, it, it's really exciting time to just be connecting with sources and texting people and asking, you know, what the word is on the practice floor, how guys are looking, and the reports on Adonis Arms were damning. Um, it was sounding like he was a guy that was just kind of struggling to fit in at the Big Twelve level, a guy that couldn't really find out where he was going to play, a guy that was really struggling playing point guard in practice. Uh, the reports were not good, and it did not take Adonis Arms very long uh, to prove any and all doubts about his game pretty wrong. Yeah, coming into the season, there were kind of rumors all over the place that, like, well, he was kind of struggling in practice. You, they had him trying to be a ball handler, and it didn't seem like it was going well. Obviously, you had sort of the black mark in a lot of people's eyes that was his time at Winthrop where he really didn't get a whole lot of playing time relative to someone that would be transferring up. And so I don't think there were a lot of expectations, but I mean, he hit the ground running. When you look at his ability to stay in the rotation, it took him roughly four or five games and it was clear that he was going to be an integral part of this team. And as the season progressed, he just became more and more integrated, ended up getting more playing time as the season went on, had more responsibilities as a ball handler. And I think the most impressive thing was like, it's not often that you see a guy transferring up and you feel like their overall game got better. Like Adonis Arms' ability to be a primary ball handler this year was infinitely better than what we saw on tape at Winthrop. And you just don't see that often. You don't see that for a guy that increases playing time. You don't see that for a guy that significantly increases competition level. I mean, you're talking about someone that literally only played one game against the top 50 opponent last year. And that was in the tournament against Villanova. This year, he played 22 of those games, and yet he still looked like one of Tech's best players. So, I mean, his ability to <coughs> immerse himself in this lineup and make it known that he was going to be a factor early on in the season was really impressive and proved a lot of people wrong. 
Yeah, I mean, a lot of people were looking at his tenure at Winthrop and were kind of concerned. I mean, a guy that came off the bench, he was their sixth man, played about 17 minutes per game. Um, I know that I like firmly planted my flag on the idea that Winthrop was running like a 12-man rotation. It was absolutely insane. Those weren't anything to be concerned about. Um, But I think there were still question marks on tape specifically about like his ball handling and his ability to generate offense and exactly how that would translate to the big 12 level. And I mean, he did play uh, almost a thousand minutes this year compared to just 400 at Winthrop. But you look at just the pure counting stats, his assist numbers went up considerably and his turnovers went down. And I think that that was a really, really big win for Texas Tech. I'm looking at the rate sets now. The turnover percentage did increase a bit, but the assist percentage did increase. I think that that was a really big win for Texas Tech to be able to kind of use him in that primary ball handling role. Um, It's not something that I think either of us really expected, especially at the usage rate that he did it Um, early in the season. It was kind of uh very interesting night in and night out to see kind of what primary ball handler version of Adonis Arms you would get but towards the end of the season man I think he really turned a corner and he really became uh, one of your most reliable ball handlers which Texas Tech desperately needed and I think that he really helped generate this team offense uh, when they needed him to yeah, I think you can make a really good argument that he ended the year playing his best basketball of the season. I mean, you look at the assist numbers over the last five game games averaged 4.6. It ended up capping off the season with one of his best passing games against Duke. Again, we'll get into the individual stats next segment, but certainly Arms' ability to be a playmaker and really sort of evolve as a primary ball hinderer was one of the more impressive in-season developments I've seen because you're right, like early on in the season, it was a mystery what type of Adonis Arms you're going to get. He was very much a sporadic guard and you saw flashes of what he could be. You saw that he had good vision and could be a good passer, but it was also just kind of a chaotic mess at times. And I think that over the course of the season, maybe got more comfortable in the role, sort of understood his teammates more and just got more experience playing high level basketball. You have to realize this is a guy that again, like you mentioned, played less than 500 minutes at Winthrop was not really the, was not really tasked with playing a lot of high, high level teams. And so his ability to adjust to the physicality and just the level of competition he was facing night in and night out, I think it can be understated because like before that, you're talking about someone that had basically played the rest of his college career at Mesa Community College and then Northwest Nazarene. Like that's three seasons of competition that isn't even close to what you would see at Tech. So for him to sort of by the end of the year really get up to speed with the competition was impressive. And I mean, compared to what we expected coming into the season, like that had to have been one of the biggest surprises. It's just him being able to become a refined ball hinder by the end of the season and where you were comfortable with him being the lead guard at the end of the year. Like you were comfortable with him running the offense, not necessarily saying it was the best thing for the tech offense, but certainly he was someone that you could rely on to be an efficient source of half court offense, which was a big development over the course of the year. Compared to his last season at Winthrop, uh, steal rate went down, block rate went down, at Texas Tech. You know, I didn't watch every single second of his game at Winthrop, but I call BS, man. I think Adonis Arms was strides better of a defender this year than he was at Winthrop. And just his ability and his willingness to buy into Mark Adams' scheme, it was really obvious, man. I think that there were burst of this season where he looked like one of the best perimeter defenders on the team. I was really, really impressed with his ability 
to guard the perimeter and to impact the opposing offense, even when it wasn't resulting or coming up in the box score. Yeah, I think that's another thing that he got a lot better with over the course of the year. I certainly think there were moments early on in the year and even at the start of conference play where he was had his issues on the defensive end, which is kind of what we expected coming from Winthrop. But, I mean, he's a solid defender. He turned into being maybe <laughs> he had went from being maybe like a below average defender at times early on in the year to by the end of the year. I mean, I wouldn't say he was one of the best defenders on Tech, but that's because of the sheer amount of really good defenders Tech had on this roster. And he more than held his own in that grouping. And I think, again, it just speaks to the improvement he had across the board over the course of the year. And I don't take anything from the steal rate that he had at Winthrop or the block rate, because I think both of those, I mean, let's be real. I not one to really harp on competition levels. I mean, good basketball players are good basketball players. D1 basketball players are there for a reason. But I do think that that impacted it. And just the sheer amount of players he was playing with this year that took over those Havoc stats kind of made it to where he wasn't having to be as active of the defender. But he's capable of it. And he certainly really played a really fundamentally sound end of the year defensively. And it was impressive. Emery, it sounds like you need to play some defense against your allergies. One of the best ways that you can do that is by taking care of your overall health. And one of the easiest ways to do that is with AD. G1. I started taking it because I wanted better gut health. And with one delicious soup of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. Get over those midday allergies, man. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything while still tasting good. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Get easy. Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, this is athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune into the Locked On NFL Drafts live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders. For those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch Audacity and Locked On's NFL Mock Draft, special hosted by Brian Peacock and former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show all week leading up to the first pick. Can't wait to tune into those guys and their coverage of the NFL draft. But right now, we're talking hoops, talking to Donis Arms and his one year with the Red Raiders. Um, I feel like on a couple of these player performance reviews, Emery, we've been playing what if and just, you know, asking the questions. Uh, what happened if this guy would have turned a corner with the shot? What would have happened if this guy would have played better defense? Uh, looking at Adonis Arms, uh, it's really hard to see an area where you kind of question what if. I mean, his game translated really, really well to the 12 level. Find a way He found a way to make himself a consistent contributor to this team. I think the one thing, if you wanted to be picky, was the three-point shot. But there were still times over the course of this season where uh, he looked like one of Tech's best spot-up shooters. So, I mean, a pretty incredible year for him. Uh, really turned a corner in his offensive and defensive game compared to where he was at at Winthrop. But as we mentioned, uh, it was a little bit of a roller coaster early in the year, just trying to guess 
who this guy would be, where he would play, how he would fit in. Emery, as you were kind of watching, you know, some of these Lamar games, games where he had four turnovers, games like Eastern Washington, even if you go back to, you know, the Baylor and TCU games, Texas games, where he still had good outings. Kind of what was going through your head when you were watching Adonis Arms be this very intriguing playmaker on some possessions, but also just kind of spiraling out of control on others and, and letting go of the ball? I think the first like five or six games of the year, I was kind of questioning why he was getting so many minutes as a ball handler and getting so many opportunities because, I mean, I had a preconceived notion of what he was at Winthrop, and I felt like that was kind of a little bit of an out-of-control ball handler. And the first few games, like against Lamar, um, certainly those early games against the sub-300 opponents, obviously you mentioned the four-turnover game against Lamar, and then once you got into games against like Providence, Arkansas State, Gonzaga, those three out of four games, not including the Tennessee one, were, again, not really good games from him as a playmaker. And, I mean, it really took me seeing the team really do well in conference play with him being a major ball handler. I think the game against Baylor on the road was kind of the turning point for me because at that point I realized, like, if he puts it all together as a playmaker, he's got a lot of talent there and the ability to kind of be – someone that can be a ball handler and can be can shoulder that load offensively. And early on in the year, it was an experience because there were good moments, there were bad moments. But I think that I was questioning and just wondering, is giving him that sort of rep, good, those sorts of reps and allowing him to have that sort of freedom offensively, was it a good thing? And I think it ended up being a good thing. And I think that you saw in the Baylor game and then you started seeing more and more of those performances where, sure, you would have a couple of bad games in a row, but then eventually he just started to really find himself as a playmaker and down the stretch i mean really the baylor game on the road and then the mississippi state game were like the two games where i really think that he sort of found his rhythm as a lead offensive initiator and i want to say that it was the case the whole season he certainly had games where he took a backseat to guys like tj or guys like mcculler but when you look at it compared to what he started the season i think at the start it was kind of like watching him and just seeing sort of an experience, an experiment taking place as to whether or not he would be able to handle the ball at a high level. And then over the course of the year, progressed into, wow, like this dude can do it. And it's incredible. And it was one of those things where I was really happy to be proven wrong and kind of seeing just how he could develop as a playmaker. Yeah, and it was really interesting, even through the the burst of the season that maybe weren't as picture perfect as some of, you know, the Baylor games, the TCU games, Texas games. But I think... Uh, even when it was kind of chaotic and it felt like you were just going to get a mixed bag, he still showed flashes of playmaking and basketball IQ that it was really hard to find on this roster. Like really, I think at times the only guy that kind of matched his playmaking IQ and the way that he kind of saw guys um, on offense was probably Malik Wilson. I think that that's really the only comp as to, um, just the way that he was able to see the floor offensively. And though it was kind of a little bit of an up and down and a trial and error thing for him, I think that the pure instincts were there. And that was a really, really good thing for Texas Tech. I was never really fully on board with the Adonis Arms true point guard role that I think um, some people were calling for at, you know, kind of when he started to turn the corner in Big 12 play. But nonetheless, he found a way to consistently contribute to this team in the point guard type role you mentioned that Baylor game uh, on the road in Waco we've been giving out best games of the season as we've been doing these and I don't know how 
anybody would have anything other than that Baylor game in Waco as his best game. 14 points, nine boards, five assists, two blocks, just one turnover, a nasty poster dunk, um, which essentially sealed the win. Went 7-13 to from the field. Just an absolute masterclass from Adonis. I think that was the game that it's really easy to look at a lot of guys that have these crazy output nights and say, uh, this is who they could be. And it's wrong because there's just like this incredible amount of variance involved. But when you look at the whole box score for Adonis Farms, you see athleticism, you see length, you see defense, you see scoring in the paint. Uh, you see some flashes of playmaking. That's Adonis Arms at his peak. And I think that really showed just how complete of a player he is when he's on. Yeah, for me, I mean, I look at the Baylor game. Certainly, if I would to cho- was to choose a signature game from Adonis Arms this year, I would choose that one because it showed the aggression he could show offensively, his ability to drive to the paint. He was beating guys off the dribble consistently. He was able to find teammates. Obviously, he had the highlight over Matthew Meyer that was probably one of the two or three best plays that Tech had the entire season, one of the best dunks in college basketball. So that's kind of the standout game. But I actually think the game against Mississippi State and the Big 12 SEC Challenge is another good one because, sure, he didn't necessarily have the pure highlight or kind of the or the like aesthetically pleasing game, but Arms also filled the stat sheet in that one as well. I mean, you're talking about a guy – had 16 points, three of five from three. That was his best three-point shooting night outside of believe, the Montana State game down the stretch of the season. And kind of sort of a little bit of an outlier when you look at the rest of the conference slate. He was also able to attack the rim, hit in the mid-range. He had seven assists in that one, which tied a season high. Also had three turnovers, but that's not too bad considering the assist number. And the fact that that was one of his more aggressive outputs as well. Also had two steals and two blocks for good measure on the defensive end. And Really, for me on that one, it's just about pure efficiency because he was able to score as a primary ball handler. He was able to shoot threes off the catch and shoot. He was able to create his own shot in the mid-range, and he just in general looked like such a smooth offensive player in that night. And, I mean, there was a blowout game. It was against a team that wasn't as good as Baylor, so I certainly kind of understand why it wouldn't be his best per se. But, I mean, it's hard to find a more efficient game from a Tech player this year. And so, for that, I think that Arms' game against Mississippi State deserves a pretty good shout as well. I like that because that one showed just how I think high the basketball IQ was like even when um, it wasn't always perfect that game kind of showed what he looks like uh, when everything is clicking trying to do some math here Um, I think this is right Texas Tech was eight and one in big 12 games where he scored more than 10 points so uh, that kind of shows you the catalyst and just how impactful of a player he was when he was on. Um, also did some some play index while uh, you were running a few minutes behind here, Emery. And uh, Donis Arms had 17 games in double figures last year that was fourth on the team. And so I think there were points at the season where he was inconsistent and there were ups and downs. But you look at his season as a whole, and when he was clicking, he was arguably... Uh, top five, top four, top three even contributor for this Texas Tech team. Yeah, the other thing as well is Tech only lost one game when Arms had five or more assists, and it happened to be the very last game of the season against Duke. So, like, when Arms was on as a playmaker and on as a scorer, it was really hard to beat Tech just because of how important he was offensively. And, 
I mean, I think you're right. Certainly, I wouldn't say that he was one of Tech's one of Tech's best players like over the course of the season. I think that Bryson Williams has a really good stranglehold on that. But I mean, arms when he was on was incredibly important. I think that as he evolved as a playmaker and an offensive player, you saw the rest of the team evolve as well. And so I think it was really critical for Tech's offense and for arms individually to kind of get things going from a rhythm standpoint. And I thought he played his best basketball of the year down the stretch, certainly. He had those games against Baylor and against Mississippi State that were in January. But consistently, down the stretch, it was hard to find many faults in this game. And it was really impressive to see. All right. Arms declared for the draft a couple of weeks ago. We're going to be talking about that and what his basketball future could look like. But first, a quick word from Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Feels like it's becoming a trend for Texas Tech players to leave the program and go play professional basketball, whether that be in the NBA or overseas. And Adonis Arms is looking to become the next former Red Raider to do so. Emory, uh, Adonis is out of uh, college eligibility, so it's not a thing where he's kind of testing the waters and seeing if he can return. No, he's done playing college ball. Now it's time for him to either go head to the NBA, play professional basketball overseas, or um, just go pursue another life outside of basketball. Gauging all of his options right now, Emery, kind of what do you think his most realistic option is? Look, I think it would be completely reasonable to say I'm not sure that Orms has much of a shot at getting in the NBA that would be kind of the realistic take. You look at his college stats, he only averaged eight and a half points per game at Tech. He's extremely old for a draftable prospect. And he's someone that really, like, there's always going to be people that have more production than him and kind of have the measurables over him, although he is extremely athletic. But I just have a hard time betting against him, man. I know that it's going to be very, like, kind of a – it's going to be more of like a gut feeling thing than anything. But I mean, you look at the fact that he's got them. He's got the intangibles. Clearly he's really high basketball IQ player. He's got a lot of versatility. He's a six, five wing that can also be a ball handler. The shot needs some work, but certainly it's there. The defense has gotten better. And I mean, I look at it like if he was a couple of years younger, I have no doubts that he would be firmly on NBA radars. And so with that, I think that you have a guy that, probably isn't going to be in the league from year one. I think that he's going to have to kind of fight tooth and nail, but he's the type of guy that I could see going to the G league and then eventually kind of making his way on a two way. And I mean, normally in a guy with his circumstances, that's coming off of a fifth year of eligibility, that's really only played one year of high major basketball and wasn't really a star at any level. I would say that the best route for him would be to go overseas and just make money there. But Arms has defied logic everywhere he's gone. I mean, he's a guy that literally went from playing two years at a community college, a Mesa Community College, to three years later starting in the Sweet 16 against Duke and really being one of Tech's plus best players in that game. And, like, I mean, you see the journey that he's been on, and it's not just that. It's just the ability that he has as a player. He's a really rare case, I think, of a guy that has all the measurables, has all the ability and the intangibles, and is just now kind of reaching – 
reaching the surface level of, the, of his abilities as a player. So I don't know. I think that the safest route will be to go overseas, but I think he has a good shot at at least trying it out and seeing what can happen in the NBA waters. Yeah, and like I hate to sit here and kind of sound like Fran Fraschilla on every single Texas Tech broadcast this year, but like this is a guy who's proven that like he's not afraid of adversity and he really, really shines at just adapting his game and being a multiple basketball player. I mean, you look at his athleticism, his playmaking flashes, even his shooting after a down year, his ability to, to just rebound and be a good defender. This is absolutely a guy that I think could play in the G League and fight for a roster spot on an NBA team. I don't think that it's very likely that that happens at a consistent level, but I absolutely think that this is a guy who could be earning a paycheck in the G League and especially overseas next season. Um, He's got the athleticism. He's got the talent. He's got the adaptability on offense. Yeah, I absolutely think that this is a guy that can make money playing professional basketball, whether it be in the G League or overseas somewhere. But as you mentioned, it's really difficult to be drafted in the NBA draft, period, Um, but especially for a guy that's as old as he is. I mean, when he was playing his first season of college ball, Zaire Smith was a senior in high school. So it's pretty insane to think about uh, just the tenure of Adonis Arms and how long he's been playing college ball. And regardless of if he ends up getting drafted in the NBA draft or not, Um, hard to look at his college career as anything other than a wild success. And man, could not be more grateful and proud that he chose to end it at Texas Tech. Yeah, over the course of the season, I was kind of thinking about this. And I really do think Adonis Arms is one of my favorite stories to come through Tech over the last few years. I mean, he's literally a guy that had no offers at all coming out of high school. I mean, there's a great great story in the athletic that came out right before the Duke game that I think is really important to read, and I'll be sure to link that on my Twitter whenever this episode comes out. But certainly, he's a guy that has a lot of motivation behind him. He's had to fight at every single level. I mean, you, he came to Winthrop Alpha Nazarene and was not, not a starter there. He had to work his way up in the JUCO ranks. Obviously, he had sort of success eventually at every level but it never came easy to him and for him to have the natural ability that he has and to show out at every single level and keep jumping the ladder I mean it's almost unheard of in major college basketball and I mean it gives you a lot of hope for the future regardless of what he ends up doing at the professional level his college story is defied all odds to even be in this situation where now like you would say that him going over to Europe and making good money there is probably the most reasonable outcome for him. Like if you would have told told me that about a random kid in JUCO five years ago, I would not have believed you. So it's just like that sort of development's incredible. And for him to be in that situation makes me really happy for him. And I'm excited to see where he ends up. But yeah, I mean, just his time in tech was incredible. And I mean, I wish we had one more years one more year of Adonis Arms. I really do wish that he was just one year younger, had that experience of tech where he developed into being a lead ball handler over the course of the year, because man, that would make next year so much more exciting to see what he could do. But I have confidence he's going to find his way as a player. He's way too talented not to. And exactly where that ends up being, whether it's overseas, where it's in the G League or whether it's in the NBA, I'm confident he'll make whatever team he's on better. Very easy guy to root for. Obviously would have loved to see him kind of grow up at Texas Tech, but very glad that we got his super senior year. I think that he was a guy that a lot of people will remember 
as time goes on. Thanks for tuning into our Adonis Arms player performance review. We will be back tomorrow with one on Davion Warren, so make sure that you tune into that. Another guy that transferred into Texas Tech with one year and made his mark. Until that episode, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at LBK. You can follow Emory at Eraser41. And you can follow the official Locked On Texas Tech Twitter page at Locked On TTU. Be sure to subscribe to our feed wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you have not already. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you tomorrow.